أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم لا تكني إلى نفسي طرفة عين ولا أقل من ذلك اللهم افتح بيني وبين الحاضرين بالحق وأنت خير الفاتحين Respected brothers and sisters in Islam, honorable listeners of the Voice of the Cape, I greet you all with the universal greetings of peace and love. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We thank and we praise Allah, who is the creator, the nourisher, and the sustainer of all the worlds. We send our choices, peace, and blessings, and salawat on our beloved Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family and friends and those who follow his guidance until the day of judgment. Alhamdulillah, we find ourselves in the month of Sha'ban where we are very fast approaching the month of Ramadan. Normally when the 15th of Sha'ban comes, it's a very clear indication for us that Ramadan is on our doorsteps. And we are obviously making preparations for the month of Ramadan in whatever way we find means to do so. But indeed, the best way in which we should be making preparations for the month of Ramadan is by repenting and returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In order for Allah ta'ala to accept us in the month of Ramadan, we should obviously be making a start now already. By doing that, which is going to bring us closer to Him, and that which is going to afford us the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah instructs us in the Quran as an injunction, as a command upon all of us. Where Allah ta'ala says, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ And repent to Allah, all of you, collectively, so that you may reach success which you are looking for. So we can only find success if we return and repent continuously to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala indeed wants to forgive us. Allah ta'ala wants us to take that step so that He can shower us with His rahmah. That is indeed what Allah ta'ala wants to do. And there is one ayah in the Quran which appears in Surah Al-Nahl. Oh sorry, Surah Al-Hijr, chapter 15 of the Quran. Where Allah Ta'ala says, and Allah Ta'ala here is speaking to our beloved Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah says to him, ibadi anni ana rahim And although this is a very short ayah, if one were to look at the dynamics of this ayah from a linguistic point of view, you will be in awe of the loving nature in which Allah Ta'ala addresses the Prophet Muhammad and by extension addressing us by using words that really shows the love that Allah Ta'ala has for us. And the rough translation of the ayah is inform them, O Muhammad inform them that verily, certainly, most definitely I am Al-Ghafoorul Rahim I am the most forgiving and the most merciful. So the Nabi is told by Allah Ta'ala to tell us that he is Al-Ghafoor Ar-Rahim. 
However, when we look at the ayah and the words that are used, Allah says, Nabbi. This word, Nabbi. Nabba ayu Nabbi'u means to give information. But this is not a word that is used for ordinary information that you share on a day to day basis. The Arabic word for that will be khabar. Khabar. That's why we call the news, we call al akhbar. Because that is something that happens every day and you talk about it, it's something that just happens. Whereas naba, the word naba in the Quran is only used for information that is extremely huge. Information that is so important that without which you cannot really live, without which you cannot really survive. Like when Allah Ta'ala speaks about the day of Qiyamah, that is a big issue. Allah Ta'ala says, Amma yatasa'alun they are asking about what? What are they questioning you about? They are asking about the great event that will take place. Meaning the final day. So this word, Nabbi, as if Allah is saying, inform my servants, but it's very important. This information is so important, if only they could understand it. And then we also find Allah Ta'ala says, Nabbi ibadi. Allah doesn't say inform the Muslims, inform the Mu'mins, or inform the creation. Allah says inform my servants. Look at this loving nature of Allah. Inform my servants, my ibad, those whom I have created. And what is this very important information? Inni anal ghafurur rahim. That verily I, and here also the word, nabbi ibadi anni anal ghafurur rahim. The word anni already means I. But Allah repeats Anna, the word Anna, a second time. As if Allah wants to emphasize this point that it is me alone and no one else that has this kind of rahmah and that have this kind of maghfirah, this kind of forgiveness. So inform them that this is who I am and I am prepared to forgive all their sins. And if you were to look at the context of this ayah, we find that this ayah comes in the context where Allah Ta'ala speaks about Jannah. You read a few verses before. Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ الْمُتَّقِينَ فِي جَنَّاتٍ وَعُيُونَ أُدْخُلُوهَا بِسَلَامٍ آمِنِينَ وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِمْ مِنْ غِلٍ إِخْوَانًا عَلَى سُرُرٍ مُتَقَابِلِينَ And the ayah continues, but it's a set of ayat in which Allah speaks about Jannah. And after these ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, Inform them, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that verily I am Al-Ghafoor Al-Rahim. What does this mean? As if Allah wants to say that those who enter Jannah, they did not enter Jannah because they are perfect. Because no one is perfect. They did not enter Jannah because they did not do anything wrong in this dunya. No, to the contrary. They entered Jannah because Allah Ta'ala forgave them and Allah Ta'ala was merciful on them. Which means that Jannah is at the reach of everyone sitting here today. Everyone that is listening. Jannah is at everyone's disposal. Allah Ta'ala says, I am prepared to give you Jannah. And that means that I've forgiven you and I have showered you with my mercy. But of course it means that we have to take that step and make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this can be found in another verse which is termed by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud as being the most merciful verse or the most hopeful verse in the Quran. Where Allah ta'ala says, قُلْ Again say to them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ Say to them, O oh my servants, those who have wronged themselves, those who have drowned in the sin that they are committing, say to them, Don't ever be in a state of hopelessness as far as the mercy of Allah is concerned. 
Inna Allah yaghfiru dhunuba jami'a Allah Ta'ala is prepared to forgive all your sins Innahu huwa al-ghafoor al-rahim Certainly he is al-ghafoor al-rahim He is the most forgiving and the most merciful But Allah continues in the next ayah by saying Wa anibu ila rabbikum But turn towards your Lord Make tawbah to him Acknowledge your faults Acknowledge your shortcomings Allah Ta'ala is prepared to forgive So we are at no liberty at any stage of our lives to make anybody understand that he is hopeless or that he is useless or there is no hope for him or the tawbah cannot be given to him we have no right to do that because Allah Ta'ala confirms it in this ayah no matter how much you have wronged yourself as long as you return to Allah Ta'ala he is prepared to forgive and he is al-ghafoorul rahim and if we were to look at just perhaps a couple of ahadith of how the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam had described the vastness of the rahmah and of the maghfirah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One hadith that is in Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim on the authority of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu. In this hadith the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam says that Allah ta'ala when he created rahmah he divided rahmah into 100 portions. And he decreed and decided that out of that 100 portions, he will only send down to the dunya one portion out of the 100. Certain riwayat of this hadith says, the other 99 portions that Allah Ta'ala has created of rahmah, Allah is keeping that for us for the day of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So that Allah can forgive us and shower us with his rahmah. There is one riwayah of this hadith in Sahih Al-Bukhari that states that because Allah Ta'ala's rahmah is so vast, even the kafir, the hadith goes to say, لَوْ يَعْلَمُ الْكَافِرُ بِكُلِّ الَّذِي عِنْدَ اللَّهِ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ لَمْ يَيْأَسْ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ That even the kafir, the one who rebels against Allah, the one who rejects the oneness of Allah, even if he had to know and comprehend the vastness of the rahmah of Allah, even he would have had hope for himself that he will enter Jannah one day. If he was able to understand the greatness of the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the time in which we need to explore these ideas because we are going towards the month of Ramadan. We are wanting to be prepared when that month comes. We have to cleanse ourselves. We have to purify ourselves. As I mentioned last night, that the ahadith of Laylatul Nisfi min Sha'ban, Many of them state that Allah is prepared to forgive, but there are certain categories of people that must first make tawbah to Allah. And one of those categories is mushahin, somebody who has hatred in his heart for others. You cannot go to the month of Ramadan and expect that Allah should forgive you, but you are not prepared to do the same. You are not prepared to make amends. You are not prepared to make right what is wrong. You are not prepared to ask for forgiveness if that is what is required. You are not prepared to give forgiveness if that is what is required. This is the only way that we can enter the month when we have hearts that are purified in this way. There's a beautiful incident that further describes and shows how great the rahmah of Allah and the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala is. There was a young man that entered into the masjid and he came to complain by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this hadith is recorded in the book of Imam Al-Bayhaqi and Imam Al-Hakim. Ibn Abbas narrates this hadith. He says, a man came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and when he entered, he said, wa dhunuba, wa dhunuba. What did he come to complain about? He came to complain to the Prophet sallam about his sins that he forever is committing. He's doing so many wrong things. 
And just by the mere fact that he's coming to Nabi Muhammad with this complaint, this of course tells a lot about the person. It shows the height of his Iman and it actually shows the height of his understanding that the first step of moving towards Allah is to acknowledge your sin. So this person is prepared to do this. He comes to Rasulullah and says, Wa dhunuba, I've got so many sins. The Nabi says to him, Repeat the following dua after me. What is this dua? Allahumma rahmatuka awsa'u min dhunubi. Oh Allah, your mercy is much more encompassing than all the sins that I can ever commit. And wa maghfiratuka Allahumma sorry Allahumma maghfiratuka awsa'u min dhunubi. Oh Allah, your forgiveness is much greater than all the sins that I can ever commit. Wa rahmatuka and your mercy, Ya Allah, is much greater than all the deeds that I can ever commit, or deeds that I can perform. In other words, the first part is saying, no matter how much sin you commit or how much wrong you do, Allah Ta'ala's rahmah will always be much greater than that. Allah says in the Quran, my rahmah encompasses everything. The second part says, oh Allah, your, your rahmah, is more greater than the deeds, good deeds that I will perform. In other words, you can do a lot of good deeds, but will you enter Jannah one day because of the deeds that you perform, or will you enter Jannah because of Allah's rahmah and bounty upon you? The Nabi answered this question, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, himself, when he said, None of you will really enter the Jannah through your a'mal, through your deeds. And the Sahaba asked him, "Wala anta ya Rasulullah? What about you?" How will you enter? Won't you enter through with your deeds? Nabi says, not even I. Wala ana. Illa an yatagammadhani Allahu bifadlihi wa rahmatih. I can only enter the Jannah if Allah Ta'ala encompasses me with His forgiveness and with His mercy. And that is how we will enter Jannah on the day of Qiyamah. Not because of our a'mal. We know that qissa of a person who came and he said, Nabi Sallallahu says this will happen and the person will argue with Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah and he will say to Allah, Oh Allah, I want to enter Jannah because of my 500 years of worship that I did. Then Allah will say to the Malaika, Let's see how much this 500 years of ibadah weighs against one of the ni'mas that I gave him. And Allah Ta'ala will say to the Malaika, Bring the ni'mah of basar, the ni'mah of sight, eyesight. Bring that, let us put it on the one side of the scale and let us put the 500 years of ibadah on the other side of the scale. And when they did that, the ni'mah of basar outweighed 500 years of ibadah. Because without, without your basar, Allah, without your basar, without your sight, what could you have done? What could you have achieved if Allah Ta'ala did not give you that ni'mah? So the Nabi Sallam says to this person, repeat this dua after me. Allahumma maghfiratuka awsa'u min dunubi wa rahmatuka arja indi min amali. Repeat this dua. And the person repeats the dua once, he repeats it twice, he repeats it thrice in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And at the end of the third time, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to this person, Qum ya fulan faqad ghafar Allahu lak. Stand up my dear brother, Allah ta'ala has just forgiven all your sins. And this is somebody that came to come complain about all his sins. This is how great the rahmah of Allah is. How Allah Ta'ala's maghfirah encompasses all of us. And Allah Ta'ala is not uh, going to turn us away, but we have to make that first move of returning to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. You know, a man came to Al-Hasan Al-Basri and he said to Al-Hasan Al-Basri, I have a problem that, you know, I, I'm poor and I don't have money, I don't have things to sustain myself. Al-Hasan Al-Basri said to him, Ilzam al-istighfar. 
make a lot of istighfar to Allah Ta'ala. Another person came, he asked Al-Hassan al-Basri, Oh Hassan al-Basri, if my wife cannot bear any children, what can I do? Is there any du'as that you can give me? He says to him, Ilzabil istighfar, make istighfar. Seek forgiveness from Allah Ta'ala. Repent to him, return to him. A third man came and he said, Oh Imam, there is no rain in the place that we are living in. Please make dua for us. Now, uh, he says to him, Ilzamil istighfar. Just make istighfar, Allah Ta'ala will grant you all these things. And the man says, how can you have, uh, some of the students said, how can you have the same answer for all these different questions? He says, well, I'm just following the Quran. I'm not doing my own thing. What is the Quran saying? The Quran says, فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا Nabi Nuh said to his people, make istighfar to Allah, Allah Ta'ala is the most forgiving. يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدَرَارًا If you make istighfar, Allah Ta'ala will send the rain in abundance. وَيُمْدِدَكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينَ Allah Ta'ala will give you a lot of wealth and a lot of children. وَيَجَعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجَعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا And because of your istighfar, because of your humbleness and acknowledging your faults, in front of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala on the day of judgment will give you rivers and Allah Ta'ala will give you gardens of paradise. Not one garden, but gardens of paradise. Because of acknowledging your shortcomings in this dunya and continuously repenting to Allah Ta'ala. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, this is what is required for us at this time that we find ourselves in. We are preparing for the month of Ramadan. Let us make tawbah to Allah. Let us make istighfar. Let us make right what is wrong between us and other people and other creation and other brothers and sisters of ours. And the more we make istighfar, the more barakah will come into our lives. There's a hadith which I would like to uh, quote as well, a hadith that is in Abu Dawud and Ibn Majah on the authority of Abdullah ibn Abbas. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Man lazima al-istighfar, ja'alallahu lahu min kulli dhiqin makhraja wa min kulli hammin faraja. وَرَزَقَهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبَ A person who sticks to istighfar. He makes a lot of istighfar. And that is why you will find that all the mashayikh, all the people that train others how to purify themselves and give them certain adhkar to do every on a daily basis, you will find that part of the adhkar out of necessity must be a certain amount of istighfar for the day. Because this was even the habit of our beloved Rasulullah Although he was ma'asum, he had no sins, he made at least a hundred times istighfar every day. So if he made a hundred, who are you and I not to return to Allah and not to make istighfar? This hadith says, Man lazim al-istighfar, a person who attaches himself to making istighfar, seeking forgiveness from Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will give for him a solution to every problem that he, is, that he has. Every obstacle that he has, there will be a solution for it. وَمِن كُلِّ هَمٍ فَرَجًا And every worry that he has, Allah Ta'ala will give him some relief to the worry that he has. وَرَزَقَهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبَ And Allah Ta'ala through this istighfar of his, Allah Ta'ala will give him sustenance from an avenue that he can never imagine. These are all the benefits of, of istighfar, the benefits of tawbah. One of the other benefits of tawbah is Allah says in the Quran to us in Surah Al-Furqan, is where Allah Ta'ala says to us, after saying that those people who committed of the major sins like zina, like killing and so on, Allah Ta'ala says, إِلَّا مَنْ Except the one who makes tawbah. وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا And he believes in Allah Ta'ala and he does good deeds. After he has made tawbah, he tried to make amends. He tried to improve his life. What will happen? فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتِ Those people, not only will Allah Ta'ala accept their tawbah, not, Allah, not only will Allah Ta'ala forgive them, 
But Allah Ta'ala will transform all the evil deeds that they did in their lives that will be transformed into good deeds for them on the day of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Can you imagine that? All the bad things that you've done, Allah Ta'ala is going to turn it into good deeds for you on the day of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. That is probably going to be the only time where you ever wish that you've done more bad deeds than good deeds. Because Allah Ta'ala is going to change it. And there's a hadith that says, on the day of Qiyamah, a person will come and he will appear in front of Allah. And Allah Ta'ala will say to him, my slave, here is what I've prepared for you, of reward and thawab. And he will say, ya Allah, but many of these things don't seem to belong to me. I didn't do so much good. How come I deserve all of these good things? And Allah Ta'ala will say to him, my dear slave, because you made tawbah and you make istighfar in the dunya, Although you made mistakes, you always came back to me and you asked for forgiveness. Because of that, all these things that you see here are actually your bad deeds that have been transformed into good deeds for you today. This is what, what the Prophet ﷺ teaches us. So we are at that time where we need to be hopeful, we need to give, give hope to others, we need to spread this hope. Anybody that you know that is not on the Sirat al-Mustaqeem, that is not making his salah, that is not doing anything that is good, take time out to speak to that person compassionately and mercifully and lovingly the way that Allah Ta'ala speaks to us in the Quran go to that person give him hope say to him the month of Ramadan is coming you have a chance to earn Jannah just like anybody else has a chance to earn Jannah Allah Ta'ala will not turn you away if only you take that first step of repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala make it easy for us in this month of Sha'ban. May Allah ta'ala cleanse and purify our hearts before we enter the month of Ramadan. May Allah ta'ala accept our deeds that we've done on the 15th of Sha'ban and all the deeds that we will still be doing of good deeds until the end of Sha'ban. And also just to add uh, another topic uh, and that is that our masjid, alhamdulillah, will officially be commemorating its 150th anniversary tomorrow inshallah ta'ala. It is indeed uh, a great milestone for our masjid, for this community of Weinberg, for the greater community of Cape Town. It's a great milestone for all of us. And why are we commemorating this event tomorrow? We are commemorating this event firstly because we want to make shukr to Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala has afforded us to be Muslim and to carry out the deen to the best of our ability and to live the kalima of La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah in this masjid and its surrounds. We want to say shukr ya Allah for affording us this opportunity to be guided because if it wasn't for Allah Ta'ala's guidance we would not have been guided. So this is why we are commemorating this great event. Secondly, we are also commemorating tomorrow's event because we want to pay tribute and we want to acknowledge those people that had laid the foundation of Islam in this part of the world. We want to pay tribute to those people who had given sacrifices that is incomparable. You cannot compare the sacrifices that they had made in order to see that the Islam that we enjoy today is the way that it is. They had to give up a lot of things. They had to, under very trying circumstances, can you imagine how it must have been to establish Islam and to propagate Islam and to teach Islam in an environment where those people around you are all hostile to Islam, where they are actually regarding you as slaves, where they are actually regarding you as outcasts. Can you imagine the, the great difficulty? But yet, these people persevered. These people had the wisdom, they had the hikmah. They did certain things in order to keep this community alive with the kalimatu shahada. And as I said many times before, 
many of our traditional things and our cultural things that we do in this part of the world, whether it be the Laylatul Nisfi Min Sha'aban, whether it be the Laylatul Mi'araj, whether it be the Layla, the night of Mawlidun Nabi, whether it be the night of Ashura, all of these events. Why did our forefathers see it fit for people to come together to remember Allah Ta'ala on these nights? Because this was to establish a strong and firm identity for us as Muslims in this part of the world. And I do believe it is because of these events and these cultural activities that we were able to flourish, not only survive, but flourish in this part of the world where we see so many masajid and so many madaris because of the efforts of our forefathers. So we are paying tribute tomorrow and we are making dua for all those people who have served our communities. Because Allah Ta'ala teaches us in the Qur'an to make the following dua. رَبَّنَا اغْفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ سَبَقُونَا بِالْإِيمَانِ Oh Allah, forgive us and forgive our brethren that has preceded us in Iman. Those who have came before us, forgive them Ya Allah and forgive us as well. وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلَّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And do not place any hatred in our hearts for any person that believes. رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ رَأُوفُ الرَّحِيمُ Oh Allah, you are the most compassionate, the most merciful. So we are uh, celebrating this event so that we can pay tribute to these great people. People that had great personalities and that were visionaries at this particular masjid. The late Imam Muawiyah Siddiq was one of the great Imams of this masjid and of this community. A teacher who taught many of our great Hufad how to recite and how to master the recitation of the Qur'an. Amongst others, the late Shaykh Muhammad Salih Abadi, who was a student of our Imam of this Masjid, Imam Muawiyah Siddiq. Imagine, Masalih Abadi has become a legend with regards to the memorization of the Qur'an. And yet he studied under one of the Imams of the Yusufiyah Masjid. Another legend that also served this Masjid, Imam Malik, Imam, uh, Imam Malik Yevil, who was also a student of Imam Muawiyah Siddiq. Imagine, he studied under Imam Muawiyah, he perfected the recitation of the Qur'an and later on he himself became an Imam in this masjid. Look at the beautiful continuation from teacher to student. Then we have of course the great Imam Amin Tawfi and as well Shaykh Nadi Muhammad. Shaykh Nadi Muhammad may Allah Ta'ala shower him and all the others they grace with, with rahmah and barakah and maghfirah. A personality that needs no, we don't need to speak about him, it speaks for itself. A person in the time of apartheid who had so many sacrifices that he had to make to make sure that the Muslims always are on the right side of history and not on the wrong side of history. Sheikh Nazim he had to take certain stances in his life which costed him dearly. Costed him dearly. But he stood firm on his grounds because he knew what he was doing was not for himself. It was not for his children, it was not for his family. But he did this for the survival of Islam in this part of the world. He did it because of the survival of our children so that they will also enjoy to say the kalima of La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So those people who are skeptics and those people who are critics of our, of our heritage or of our culture just see what these people have achieved through the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and compare yourself to them and think whether you are able to achieve what they have achieved. And that is why we are commemorating this great event of 150 years. And we want to also at the same time look at history and try and learn from these great people how we can implement the deen in our lives.
so that we can inshallah ensure that 150 years from now this masjid will still be standing and there will still be musallis coming to make salaya and our children will still be coming to learn the deen of Allah Ta'ala in these masajid for another 150 years and beyond inshallah that is our niyyah we want to draw from the from the historical events from these great people so that we can of course learn from them and also plan for our future one day so this is why we are commemorating the 150th anniversary of the Yusufiyah Masjid and Allah Ta'ala works in mysterious ways in mysterious ways the history of this Masjid has a very rich history how a person came from England all the way to come and establish a Masjid in South Africa and inshallah we will be embarking on another project where we will obviously be documenting the history of the Yusufiyah Masjid in a very good and fruitful way and we will be making the information available to all of you inshallah so that we can appreciate the efforts of our forebears and we make dua that Allah Ta'ala give us the same steadfastness that they had in the past may Allah Ta'ala give us that our Iman must be just as strong as our forefathers in the past May Allah Ta'ala give us the inspiration to carry on with the good work and the good foundation that they had laid for us, insha'Allah Ta'ala. And indeed, all what we do today, some of the rewards will go back to those people who laid those foundations. As Nabi Muhammad وسلم, says in a hadith, مَن عَلَىٰ خَيْرٍ فَلَهُ مِثْلُ If a person points someone else to do good, then he himself will get a similar reward to the person who's actually doing that good. So all the good that we are doing in this masjid, it goes back to those people who had laid the foundations. May Allah Ta'ala shower them with his maghfirah, with his rahmah, with his barakah. And may we, inshaAllah Ta'ala, be successful in the dunya and in the akhirah, in the propagation of our deen of Islam, inshaAllah Ta'ala. Jazakumullah khairah. We thank once again the radio for coming out today and being part of this auspicious occasion being part of our program last night as well and inshallah tomorrow at our event they will also be part of that event and we thank them for partnering with the Yusufiyah Masjid in this very very memorable occasions may Allah Ta'ala grant the radio everything of the best inshallah all those people who work very hard behind the scenes everything of the best to all of them inshallah please could we make dua for our father Ismail Baba whose birthday it is tomorrow from his wife and children Haji Ismail he's probably very shy because he didn't know they were going to ask to make dua one of our musallis here to make dua that Allah Ta'ala grants him a long life inshallah khair and barakah taqwa and iman may Allah Ta'ala grant everything of the best and then just lastly for those people who purchased the tickets inshallah for the event for tomorrow please make sure that those monies are paid in uh, before you go to the event uh, because obviously you want to enjoy the event the way that you should but you must be paying before you go inshallah so make sure that the dues are paid uh, before tomorrow jazakumullah khairan may Allah ta'ala reward all of you for your efforts inshallah assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh